This is Scott Richmond. And Arnie Sherman. You're listening to What Do You Know on News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM. Arnie Sherman, a good Sunday morning. Good morning to you, Scott. We've been on hiatus for about seven, eight weeks now, playing Mayor Engen, the late mayor's, tapes. You know, the best of the hits of the mayor. He was a frequent guest on our show, and it was uh, good to catch up with uh, his legacy and his history. And uh, now we are going to follow up apropos to that with uh, having our new mayor on the show, Jordan Hess. I'm looking forward to it. Arnie, I think the one thing that was interesting playing the old tapes with Mayor Angin, especially when he started kind of recording with us in 2015, he was shot out of a cannon. He had a ton of energy. He had a ton of ideas. It was his first time being on the air on KGVO in probably five years at that point because he had not been on the air with us for that long. So this was his kind of coming back to you know, talk radio here in town. Right. And we got a lot out of him and we got a lot of information about his vision for the city. But the, the city of Missoula, the ship Missoula, has a new captain and we're uh, anxious to learn more about him and to find out what his vision is moving forward. And uh, as you know, uh, Jordan has been on city council for the last nine years, but often a uh, council member being part of a group that's trying to reach consensus, you know, operates in a little bit of an, you know, anonymity. And now we have a chance to have him uh, here to talk singularly about what kind of leadership uh, direction he's going to bring to Missoula. I agree. And as I said, I heard Jordan speak with Dennis Bragg at a city kind of meeting, if you will, at the library two weeks ago. And uh, there was an array of topics being covered. And Jordan was very open and honest and forthright with, you know, with the group there. And I think People like that uh, that transparency and uh, that uh, honesty. So, Well, we'll see what we can find out while we have him on the show this week. <laughs> okay, back with Jordan Hess after these words. Arnie Sherman, we are back with Jordan Hess, Mayor Jordan Hess. Mr. Mayor, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me today. We look forward to this for uh, the last uh, few weeks. Uh, you've been mayor now for a month. Yeah, a month, uh, four weeks today. Well, congratulations. I know that the uh, council went through a laborious process. Somebody said you never want to watch uh, politics being made or sausage, right? <laughs> and uh, yeah, there was a lot of uh, public comment about how many rounds it took. But mm -hmm. but uh, you o overcame all that and been elected mayor. You're going to serve now for another year. And then you are going to decide at some point whether you're going to seek election yeah, at that point. And that's the way it's going to all play out? Yep. Yeah. And, you know, politics is decision making in public and decision making isn't always easy and it isn't always seamless. Um, and um, so having a having a dialogue in public about uh, about our community, um, that's what politics is. And and um, so the process was a little clunky, I'd say, but um, but it was um, it's a fine process. We have uh, continuity of government is something that government takes really seriously. So we have a process spelled out and and um, and. Um, Glad to be here now and glad to be moving forward. Right. And I'll just have to add to that. I've been involved off and on in 
political venues for most of my life. There's certain things when you get to a stalemate like that, you just can't have an open discussion. You, you're trying to work right. on personalities and feelings and all that. This isn't this isn't theater. You know, theater of the realm where you know you're going to stab somebody in public. Or I mean, you have to have some <laughs> you have to have some collegiality and some discretion for you know covering the fine points of of coming to a consensus and an agreement. And yeah. and that's not hiding anything. It's just human nature and human in, in reality of the situation. So from a personal perspective, it seemed to me it, maybe a couple of rounds earlier there should have been a private discussion about how we're going to un- unjam all this and what are the issues. And uh, not all of that has to be displayed, you know, completely in public. So for our listeners who don't know you, who is Jordan Hess? Yeah. Well, I um, came to Missoula in 2005, and my, my Missoula story is really uh, kind of a common Missoula story. I came to attend the University of Montana, and I loved it here, and I never left. Um, before that, I was um, I was born in Dickinson, North Dakota. Uh, my parents had a couple of uh, a couple of restaurants; they were small business owners, and uh, grew up in that environment. And um, Oh, when I was about nine years old, they they decided they'd had enough of that line of work, um, tired of working around the clock, and, and we moved to Helena. Um, and so I mostly grew up in Helena and uh, came, to, came to Missoula in 2005, um, studied geography at the university, and um, got involved in local government through some, um, some, some classes at the, at the university, and just always had an interest in local government from then on. So um, I... Uh, uh, you had an interest, but did you ever see yourself in local government? You know, I, I didn't. I, um, I, I really didn't. I, I participated in the first downtown master plan process in in two thousand uh, in, in the late two thousands, and um, and I really enjoyed this idea that you could decide what kind of community you wanted to build. Sure, I love this idea that you could that you could say we've got this great downtown. How do we how do we work together as as public and private partners to make it better, and. Um, and so plugged in in that in that um, process, and then um, some years later, um, there was a vacancy on the city council on Ward Two, um, and I applied for it. Um, I didn't get it, um, and then uh, uh, a few years later, here it turns out I was running for for city council. So I I ran in 2013 and um, was elected um, and took took office in 2014. Well, and how has your experience over those nine years been for you? It was great. I, I came in with this, um, you know, my, my, my professional background is transportation. I, I was transportation director at the university for a number of years. And, um, you brought electric uh, buses to yeah, the university. Uh-huh. I remember that. Yeah. Smart move now, right? <laughs> yeah, real really smart. smart. So, I, you know, I had this transportation background. And one of the things about, about serving on a local government body like the city council is just you just learn so much all the time and it is so um it's so much fun frankly um i i always um i never in a million years thought that i would be as interested in something like wastewater as i am but (laughs) but the way the city of missoula handles wastewater is um from um from the collection system to the treatment to um to everything through that process is fascinating and it um and Everywhere you look, there's you know the city's a service provider. So whether it's whether it's parks or or um, utilities or public safety, um, we have all these services that we provide. And um, being on the council was just a way to. I mean, it's really a masterclass in um, in how the community works. Right, an opportunity to really make it better. Are you a gamer at all? Do you play games? <laughs> I play board games. I don't, I'm not a video gamer. Did you ever play a game called SimCity? Yeah, I did. <laughs> it, isn't that, like, I always think of SimCity as kind of like, that. you're doing that for real life, though. <laughs> yeah. Right? 
And there's a few more. The zoning's a little more complicated. <laughs> than the, the but it's interesting how it all works together. And yeah. It sounds like that's something you're really adept in and, and kind of fascinated with. I love the process. I just find it to be fascinating. Well, what I've found interesting about what you've already said was the idea that you could implement something and see the results of it in a city this size. When I travel around right. the world, I've been to 100 countries. Every time I'm in a city like Shanghai with 35 million people, I always think about how do they manage the garbage here? Right. What happens if there's a you know power failure when you have you know when you have sixty thousand you know it's bad enough, but it seems manageable. <laughs> there seems to be ways to handle it. But when you have thirty five right, million Arnie. people or New York City, yeah. when you walk through New York City and there's garbage piled up to you know on a Saturday morning, there's garbage in the street, and then Monday morning it's all gone. Right. Where does it go? How do they manage it? <laughs> so you know, you're now on a smaller level, but it is our community. You're now have your fingers in all of those areas. Yeah, you know, and every day is is so interesting because there's um, there's there's so much. The volume of work that the city does um, continues to surprise me, um, and I think it would really surprise. Um, most yeah. of the residents of our community, just how much, uh, just how many services the city provides. Well, there's a city manager, and how many employees now are employed by the city of Missoula? So, so seasonally, we get up over 900, um, and uh, we have a chief administrative officer um, and a handful of department heads, and, and the total organization um, in, in peak employment is around 900. Right, and, and how do you find now working, running an organization that large? I know you have a city manager, but you're the mm-hmm. you're the uh, um, selected and, uh, you know, maybe elected representative for all of this. How does that all fit together? How are you feeling in, after a month? You know, it's um, it's been great. So first of all, the, the city um, the city staff have been so incredibly supportive and helpful. Um, I stepped in um, and, you know, one thing that, that John did really well was he cultivated a really good um, group of city staff. So our, our senior leadership, um, our um, our department managers and deputy department heads, um, and, and really the entire organization is full of people who care very deeply about the work and care very deeply about the city of Missoula. Um, so that's been really um, rewarding. I can't imagine stepping in without some of those relationships and without some of that experience. Sure. Um, you talk about board games. You now have a fire department and a police department, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of cool. When you see these mayors in the old Western movies, right, and they got the, they got the sheriff and the two deputies, right? And, you know, you have your own. You have, you're now overseeing. But a, I, but know. I actually think that's good training, right? Like, especially if that's you know gaming and things like that. Like, that's our gener- your generation, certainly, <laughs> right? And this is like it prepares you for how the the processes, well, how you know, things work. Not to belabor the analogy, but you you play a board game and there are rules and you follow the rules, right? And um and that's I mean. City government has rules. There are um, there's a structure and there's a process and um. And I think um, thinking about things sort of systemically through that um, through that standpoint of there being a structure and a process and a way to do things um, is a helpful way to think about things. Sure. How did your family, you know, and you have a partner as well. How did they all feel about you becoming mayor? What was their what was their what was their thinking? They, you know. they were they were really supportive, and I um, I never in a million years thought I would be mayor. I I was happy on the council. I I um, I. Um, really spent several months trying to talk myself out of it. I, I, um, and, but there just came a point when I, I had worked so closely with John and, and when, when he passed away, I thought I have to, I have to put my hat in the ring and see if I can um, try to carry on this legacy. Um, but my, my family's been really supportive. Uh, my, my partner, Catherine, ha, um, has been really supportive. Um, and, um, we just, um, they, they really encouraged me and really, um, 
given me um, latitude to um, to be late for dinner or for you know to to um, to um, neglect other things for a little while while um, while I get my feet wet. And what about the legacy? Do you want to carry on? And then we want to talk more. I think about what you want your print that you want to put on yeah. the city. Well, so the city of Missoula has a strategic plan, and that's a it's about a three year strategic plan. And um, and Mayor Engen and the council adopted that plan, um, and it's really rooted in our um, our growth policy. So our our growth policy is our north star of what we want our community to look like. Um, and um, we we created this this strategic plan that would really guide the day to day actions of the city. Um, and I'm completely I'm steeped in that vision. I helped create that vision along with with Mayor sure. Engen, and I'm totally bought into it. Um, the voters elected John Engen, and um, it's really my intent to um, to follow through on a lot of the priorities that he set in motion. Um, but those are priorities that that were collaborative with the city council, that were collaborative with the staff, um, and that were collaborative with the community through through public involvement and through um, through um, constituent comment to, to city council members. So you committed to that. And you're going to have to run in a year if you if you choose to run for can you mm-hmm. to be mayor. What are the things beyond the plan that you have as a personal desire to see you know fulfilled by the city? We just launched a comprehensive code reform effort. So this is an effort to overhaul our zoning code. Um, our zoning code was a, was originally adopted back in the 1930s, and it's been oh it's been amended over the years. And, and there have been large overhauls, but it's still kind of the basic pyramidal zoning of of um, uh, that was deployed across the country in the 30s. Um, sure, and it's got a lot of it's got a lot of baggage associated with it on account of that. So what for for our lay listeners, what do you mean by zoning? Like the commercial zone, the industrial zone, the residential zone, and yeah. the sub zones of that. So the old the old SimCity example was exactly commercial, residential, industrial, and our, our zoning code's a lot more complicated. We've got several dozen different types of zoning, and each of those carries its own um, set of regulations. So it might say how far your building has to be set back from the street or from the sure. alley, or it might say how tall the building can be. Um, it might. Uh, talk about your um, where you can put a fence or where you have to put landscape screening. Um, so it's really kind of the the nuts and bolts of how we build our community, what what the built form of our community looks like. Um, and um, like I said, it's just it's it's a really um, clunky old document that was um, that was adopted um, in its in its original form decades ago and and has been um, kind of uh, overhauled piecemeal over the years. And the um, big and the big thing that's changed over those eighty years, right? Ninety years. Ninety years. Sustainability, climate. You know, uh, being mindful of the of of climate. Uh, uh, whatever changes. Well, in the growth of the city, 1930s, this was not the same. Yeah. Well, place. and transportation growth. Yeah. You know, so talk about that. So what? You know, what is the nuts and bolts of that? So one like? of the one of the best parts about this is that we're really going back to the roots in some ways too. So you you look at some of our most historic neighborhoods, like the University District neighborhood. If that neighborhood were to burn down, <laughs> we couldn't rebuild it. Our right. zoning code would not allow us to rebuild that that beautiful, vibrant neighborhood. Um, and so a lot of it is looking huh. back to sort of the original intent of how our community. Developed um, and um, and pulling in some of those um, some of those um, those ideas and and kind of building a framework around that. Um, so um, our zoning code right now, I like to say it's like a, a junk drawer in your garage where you've got. Um, 
everybody's got a junk drawer in their in their garage and and you open it up and there's a bunch of tools in there and they're you know half of them are rusty and and maybe there's a, a pile of screws or and and chances are you might be able to find what you want but chances are you might get cut when you're rummaging around and it's it's inefficient and it's um it's not a very productive way to um to to get anything done what we're doing is we're taking the junk drawer and we're we're reorganizing it we're putting up some pegboard uh, and we're uh, we're making sure that it's efficient that we have the tools that we need and that those tools are accessible to us. Um, sure. So it's um, a lot of it's about streamlining, but a lot of it's also about innovating. Well, and it's important to innovate because what was available in 1930, 90 years ago, sure, is you know completely you know changed. I was just reading yesterday about a company that's developing flying elevators. Oh wow! Where you can move them by air to different places. So Makes you have sense. A, I mean. Not just to install them, to right. use them for Temp- events, temporary elevators that you could fly. I mean, that's not in your zoning code what you do with flying <laughs> elevators, right? And and all of the other technology yeah. that you know that, but, that but has it, changed over time. But it's interesting when you're hearing Mayor Hess talk about it because you're looking at the history and you're saying, what do we want to preserve of the history? Sure. Which I think people want that, right? They want the intent of the neighborhood to stay the, you know, the integrity of it to stay as is. But there are some instances, certainly when you start talking about commercial and in, industrial, where it's out of date. Yeah. And, and so people, you know, people largely want to live in a nice neighborhood. They want to have access to quality commercial, you know, businesses that they like to support. They want to have access to parks. Um, they want to have um, a livable experience. Um, and um, that's what a lot of our original zoning districts or a lot of, a lot, what a lot of our original neighborhood development got us. Um, I think um, people also want a diversity of housing types. You know, so we, we need different types of housing for different people in our community. Um, our zoning code really restricts us to, um, to um, in, in ways that limit us. Um, and so um, – the, the code reform is really about creating tools that will sure. – and I think one of the things that's great about this is that I really do think that we can improve the experience for everyone. So we've got um, – right now we've got developers who are unhappy because it's difficult to apply our zoning code. We've got staff who have to implement the clunky zoning code. We have elected officials who have to make decisions to, to change or modify the zoning code to make a project work. Um, and we've got neighbors who uh, want predictability in what they see built near them. Right. And, and none of those user groups are particularly happy right now. No, and you never hear about the people that are happy. Only the unhappy people <laughs> oh reach out God. to you. Yeah. So in that, in that way, it's always been a thankless job to be a public servant. So I think this zoning code rewrite, though, we can actually make meaningful differences in making it easier to develop housing that Missoulians can afford, making it, making it easier to get commercial projects off the ground, um, but still maintaining our community's high standards of quality. Right. And, so but here, the interesting thing is that now I'm thinking about this of all the different constituents, you're the center point for all of their feedback because the city workers are going to tell you what they think. I would say target. Tar- <laughs> center point. I was trying to be, but no, because I'm thinking like, and, and I know Mayor Angan actually bore a lot of that, right? right. Like that, they all came to him, and uh, it was never easy. Yeah. That was probably one of the hardest aspects of the job, but you seem to be tackling it head on. There's a lot to balance, um, but overwhelmingly, people have been great. I mean, overwhelmingly, people have been kind and, and right. um, generous with nice. me. Good. And I, it's a testament to our community. I mean, right. we, we live in a community where people care so, so deeply about the community. Um, and um, I think we live in a community where we can disagree in a, civ- in a civil right. manner. Although there is a thing called the honeymoon period, which you're still in. So that's a good thing. <laughs> but let me ask you this. Here's the thing that uh, I I think everybody's grappling with. You're trying to create this this 
organized tool that will allow other tools to be implemented so that we have a future that meets all of these challenges and needs. At the same time, we have a phenomena where, you know, not not too long ago, we had the Yellowstone phenomena and the COVID phenomena, and all of these folks were moving to Montana, a lot of them to Missoula. We've seen a lot of them go to Bozeman as well. Many of them were high-end people that, that, that uh, created a little bit more of a of a, a disconnect between the normal standards of life. So we have that going on. Meanwhile, we have now an inflationary and recessional cycle that's happening to put a damper on or, or controls on a lot of that. And you're trying to implement something that's going to be flexible enough to handle all this sort of things. How does that, 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 those variables that you don't have much control over, you know, Missoula doesn't control inflation very much. How do you how do you factor that in when you're trying to figure out uh, what direction to move in the future? Yeah, you know, I think that's one of the things that's really challenging is we are not going to single-handedly solve our housing problems locally. It's a regional problem. It's a national problem. And it, it relates to inflation and it relates to interest rates and it relates to the cost of, of raw materials. And it relates to the fact that we live in this beautiful place that people want to move to. Right. Um, and so there's a market factor that we are never going to be able to to um, influence um, as heavily as we'd like. Um, what the zoning rewrite can do is it can um, it can simplify the process and make um, make uh, the process easier. Um, and so it can it can make getting housing that people can afford on the market easier. Um, so there's also a bunch of things that we need to do that are outside of that regulatory framework. Um, and I think that's more direct participation in our housing market. So we've got a strategy um, called land banking. And that's um, we take city-owned land that's surplus land, and we um, establish some guiding principles, and we um, offer it for development um, mm. for um, projects that really specifically meet the city's um, Objectives. So, um, on the north, uh, on North uh, Scott Street, yeah. um, mm. is a great example of um, you know there's a, there's a project that'll be breaking ground in the next several months um, that'll offer uh, around seventy permanently affordable homes, um, and that's that's a partnership involving city-owned land and a private developer. Um, so we we need partnerships like that. We need strategies like that land banking strategy. We need um, we need uh, strategies um, like deploying um, federal grant money to um, to housing specific projects. Um, we have our affordable housing trust fund. That's another venue to to provide some financing assistance to housing that meets the goals of the city. Um, so it's kind of it's kind of twofold that regulatory frame uh, side, um, but then also direct participation in our housing market. One of the offshoots of you know affordable housing is the problem that the city is having as many other cities with homelessness and we've tried a number of approaches and there's still you know it's, it's still a significant problem is there anything new coming down the pike that's going to uh, make the community feel a little bit more at ease with uh, how we're ha- grappling with the homeless yeah you know and that's another one of those problems that i would or the say. unhoused excuse yeah. me it's one of those things that that feels intractable, um, but when you zoom out and look at the national landscape, um, there's some real successes in Missoula. Um, so you look at some of the West Coast cities where there's um, where there's just you know vast tent cities. Um, and we don't have that in Missoula. And I think it's because we've been working deliberately for the last decade on uh, making sure that that homelessness, when it occurs, is, is brief. Um, that it's non-recurring, um, and uh, and and those by doing that, um, it's less impactful. Um, 
And um, and so um, the temporary safe outdoor space that the county opened up, that, that's basically a safe sanctioned campsite. Um, and they've had um, tremendous success at that. About 46% of the people who, um, who have received services at the tra- temporary safe outdoor space have um, gone on to find permanent housing. And they didn't do that through subsidized housing. They did that through, um, through repairing relationships with friends or family um, because of the fact that, they're, that they were surrounded with services at that temporary safe outdoor space. Um, so it's kind of a hand up. Um, you, you give someone an opportunity um, and then um, help, them find, um, help them find housing opportunities on their own. Um, so we, we do have a problem uh, with um, with um, the unhoused population in our community being larger than we want it to be. Um, but I think um, we're on a good path, and we've we've done a lot of work um, that is really making a difference in that realm. And I see that the Pavarello Center is going to now develop a, an emergency temporary housing program as well in addition? So they're opening up their emergency winter shelter. Um, that's something that they've done the last couple of years. Um, and, the, you know, the last couple of years, we have not had a single homeless individual in our community die from exposure in the winter. Um, and that's uh, that's something that just a few that's years laudable. ago. Yeah. And, and just a few years ago, that was a that was an annual occurrence that we'd have multiple, you know, members of our community that would that would um, that would die in, of exposure. And, and we just don't see that anymore. And it's because of those that um, emergency winter shelter service. Mayor, um, Arnie talks a little bit about the honeymoon period that you're currently in. But uh, how has the community kind of uh, accepted you? And are you open to meeting with members of the community of open office hours? What's that experience been like? Yeah, you know, um, I'm getting used to being a more public figure. That's something that uh, that has been an adjustment. But it's you know, it's honestly, it's been really rewarding. Um, uh, people have been really positive. Um, they've been um, they haven't hesitated to share their ideas. Um, there's been a large outreach to the office, um, and I I have I. Uh, am very interested in taking meetings with community members. So if, if people have concerns, they're welcome to reach out to our office, um, and, um, and get on the calendar. Um, I, um, one of the things about an election is that um, the voters over a period of months and and now it feels like years with the way our elections go now but but the voters get the opportunity to get to know a candidate um, as they're campaigning right um, you know I was elected in ward three in, in ward uh, I was elected three times rather in in ward two um, but um, uh, so but citywide, the voters haven't had that opportunity. Um, and so um, tr- through public forums, through media appearances, sure. through, um, you know, through um, office hours, I'm trying to uh, provide opportunities for voters to come and get to know me. Um, and um, so I, I welcome people to reach out. Um, and, um, y- you know, it, it's, it's something that I think is important uh, for our community. And it's, it's great. That, yeah. I have to say, because uh, having just met you a couple of weeks ago and now spending time with you here, you seem like a very mild-mannered, easygoing guy. But politics could get really dirty really quick and get it's a, it could be a fight. So how you – know, in, in your previous campaigns for, the, for Ward 3, did you encounter any uh, mudslinging? Was there – did you have to get your boxing gloves on or, you know? Um, you know, I I was fortunate. I ran um, I ran a couple of campaigns that were unopposed on the ballot. <laughs> oh, I, then that's I, the easiest. I did go um, <laughs> shadow boxing. We call the, my very first one, I was unopposed, and I, I but I I ran as if I was opposed. I really wanted the voters to get to know me, so I I went door to door all throughout uh, Ward Retail Two. Um, yeah. Yelled at himself. <laughs> you know what you're talking about, Jordan? Yes, I do. <laughs> I, I was opposed in 2021, and and I think um, you know that. The local races, they're, they're nonpartisan and they're pretty civil. Um, and I think that's important. Um, I think our politics in general um, in, in 
um, not just locally, our politics in general um, uh, have lost civility. Have lost civility, and I think um, we we cling to that in Missoula, and I think we need to continue to thing. cling to it. Right. One of the things that was always disheartening to me, and, and continues to be. Um, a challenge for any elected official, and you're going to face it as well, is to be criticized for things that you don't control. I remember a number of people were criticized the, the uh, mayor, mayor Angan, the late mayor Angan, about uh, the rise in property tax when it's set by the state. Yeah, you know, and you really, you just have to accept it. It's you know, the Lord High Commissioner in, in Helena, you know, sets property tax, and you you can have minor ways to deal with it. Yeah. But then you get blamed for it all the time. Look how high our property taxes! Yeah. It's crazy. So you're going to be confronted with some of those things. And and um, what are some of the other sort of lightning rod areas you think that we're going to be experiencing as, as over the next few years here? Well, I think I think that um, that housing. I think that climate. I think that um, broadly speaking, equity um, taxes. <laughs> um, infrastructure. These are all issues that would be better addressed at a different level of government. Um, local government is often left picking up the pieces when state and federal policies fail us. Sure. Um, and so um, that's the context for, you know, we didn't used to be in the mental health business in local government. Uh, now we are. Um, we didn't used to be in um, in the housing business in local government. Now we are, and um, that's a function of need. Um, and um, and so, but what we can do at the local level is we can uh, we can get to work. We can uh, we can try to solve. We can try to be part of the solution. Um, and um, that's what I intend to do. Is just you know, we if we see a need locally, we'll we'll do our best locally to solve it. I think that's a very important point that you just made that people need to understand, and and you can help articulate is that. Local government is being asked to do a lot of things it was never intended to do. Mm-hmm. And part of that is due to political uh, disruption. It's, it's due to economic changes that no one has really any clear understanding about what to do about. I mean, people are mad at the Fed. The Fed thinks it's doing the right thing, you know, trying to fight inflation, but then it's wiping out people's savings in a short-term period. I mean, all these things have unintended consequences. And most people don't understand, I think, that many of the issues – that you have to grapple with have been have fallen to you because other systems have not worked successfully. No, it's a great point, um, and I think property taxes are the the best example of that. Where you know, our property tax system was was designed for a different economy, and in the 1980s we had we had four lumber mills in town. Our our housing values were low. Um, we didn't really have much for tourism. Um, and um, and so it made sense in that economy. And now we have um, we have uh, the situations turned on its head. We don't have the industry we had. Um, our home our home vi- values are through the roof. Um, so our our property values for, from a tax standpoint are through the roof. Um, and we have we have millions of tourists a year, and we're not uh, we're not able to capture anything out of them. And so um, that that's a solution, or that's a problem that needs a statewide solution. Um, but at the local level, we um, we do what we can. We um, to keep the lights on. <laughs> yeah. Well, that love letter known as Yellowstone from Montana to the rest of the world has literally transformed our state into you know, and our tourism. Yeah. You know, first of all, are you going to have a cameo? Has anyone invited you to be? <laughs> a few? No, I'll take that as a no. I have not. <laughs> but 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 when you, when you speak about tourism and capturing the value, I mean, it's a real concern that yeah. we're not like. You know, people are spending on average how many days here in Missoula? Two days. 
and, yeah. and they're they're coming through and they're spending. And, and we're glad to have them. I mean, they're, they're right. coming through and they're they're spending money in our local businesses and um and it's a wonderful place to come and visit. And, right. You know, I love to have family and friends come and visit. Um, but um, every time I travel somewhere, I, you know, I don't I don't not go out to eat because I have to pay. A dollar sixty nine and agreed. You know, right. Yeah. I mean, you go to New York City; it's forty dollars a yeah. night. Yeah, for local tax. Nobody says I'm not staying in a hotel in New York. Yeah. I have to pay this. I'm not $40. sure why everyone's so hung up on that. I think we should get that tax. I really do. Well, we tried. I, I mean, know. we tried to get, and the state turned it down. It got voted yeah. down. But it's also also interesting thing about tourism is is that we don't want to just be a drive through. We want people to stop here and spend time here. And so, working with the community and the development community and the the recreation community to create a magnet, you know, for Missoula is. is Part of the you know, too, we're I developing some of that. The new airport facility is fantastic, sure. and that's going to double. But you point to, but you mentioned Yellowstone. I was talking on the phone, right, with someone from South Africa. <laughs> oh wow! And they were saying, "I want to come to Montana," and I said, "Why?" And they said, "Yellowstone." <laughs> It's a global. It is a global reach. It's yeah. a global reach, and people see this, and you know, particularly in places that don't have the abundance of outdoor recreation, and it becomes a fantasy for them. You know, and uh, and it's not. But the most amazing thing about that is, is that we, who would have ever thought it, right? Like five years ago. Well, you had a little bit happened. of that effect when River Run Through yeah. happened, but it wasn't not quite like the this. not like this. This no. is sustained. This is a sustained love letter from. Well, as long as Kevin everyone. Costner keeps <laughs> just you know making money off of uh, you know running. Uh, Year after year series on this, right? But also the 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 focus on Missoula and using Missoula as a backdrop in Hamilton and all the way down the Bitterroot or up the Bitterroot, even though the, even yeah. though it's supposed to be Yellowstone, it is, they they <laughs> figure here. it out. I've had I've had visitors already who say uh, I want to go down and and see the Dutton Ranch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. the Dutton Ranch. On a not on a on a another media note, last night for some reason in my feeds on Instagram or TikTok, I started to see a lot of contentious. Videos of contentious city council meetings from my old hometown back in New Jersey. It just started to feed a, a, a stream of these videos. And I know having spent so much time on city council and I've attended a few council meetings. And you are such a thoughtful, well thought out, you know, thoughtful person. What happens when people come and are airing their grievances and using that forum to not always act with civility? I mean, they say sometimes really hurtful, nasty things. You know, in, in Parks and Rec, um, Leslie Nope has a line that, that, I, that I think is great. And I know it's a fictional show, but but she says, it's life. people yelling are caring very loudly. Yeah. <laughs> and um, That's true. I mean, that's the thing. Is it when Or they're so- emotionally unwell. <laughs> but, by and large, you said that, Arnie. I, George. And by I'll and large, sp- they're coming down to because they have a concern and they right. care about their community or their neighborhood. Right. And so keeping that context in mind is really <laughs> important. Um, sometimes the council meeting is not the most – Productive venue for a back and forth exchange, either. So that's sure. why I really encourage people to reach out if they have a concern. Reach out to me. Reach out to their council member. Have a discussion. Um, it you know, the council meeting is necessarily formal and and kind of one way. Um, and so uh, sometimes there's a better forum for an initial conversation as well. That's a that's a good thoughtful answer yes. from someone. Let me flip a little bit here. I want to know more about Jordan Hess. I do. That was my next set of questions, Arnie. So, do you have hobbies? What What do you do yes. when you're not working? I know that's hardly. Games. There's very little bit, little time for that. But what you know? What What are your passions outside of work? Yeah, I um, I love to cook. I um, nice. It's something that Will I you really cook enjoy. for us. 
I didn't today. <laughs> Arnie and I love to eat. Yeah, yeah, you can tell that. I love to eat too. So that, that's maybe the inspiration for loving to cook. Um, but I really enjoy that. Um, I enjoy gardening. Um, I uh, I love getting out in Mon- you know and um, in camping and hiking and doing the things mm. Montana has to offer. Um, Catherine and I just got a new dog, and so we are um, a rescue dog. Yeah, I hear rescue dog. Yeah, that's great. Animal control. So we great. are. Um, so we are getting to know him and vice versa, and that's. that's He'll be taking over very shortly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're good at that. They sure are. But um, no, that's been great. And and um, and his family come out and visit you and spend time. Your family's back in the Dakotas. Where I've are? Got, well, my fam- my um, I've got family in in Helena. My okay, um, and then in Livingston, and most of my family's around Montana. I've got family okay. in Haver. Um, uh, so what's it like now coming here as you know the son of the mayor? <laughs> well, we haven't really had time to test that theory yet. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have to report back on that. Can well, you, you get a good seat at a restaurant? <laughs> no. no. So you, you alluded to already uh, Haver and, and Helena and other places. Have you over the last nine years or now do you plan to commiserate with the mayors of these other towns and leaders of the other towns and find out what – what you have in common and what you can learn from each other and that yeah. sort of thing. So there's a there's a annual conference. It's the Montana League of Cities and Towns Conference. That was last week up in Kalispell. Oh, really? That's um, cool. And I got the opportunity to meet um, mayors from around the state. Um, some of them I'd known through in the past. Um, uh, several of them I was meeting for the first time in this new capacity. Um, and um, it's amazing how universal some of the challenges are. You right. know, the property tax uh, concern is universal. Um, the um, op- local option um, tourism tax, um, you know, there might be some differing on what the best tool is or what the best mechanism is, but uh, but the concern is universal. Right. Um, and so I think there's really um, there's really power in getting together and sharing those stories and right. learning from one another. Um, and you know, frankly, Great Falls has a lot of the same problems um, as as Billings, as as Missoula, um, as Malta. I mean, it, it doesn't really matter community size or location. There, there's a lot of similar challenges. What about Bozeman's challenges? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't deliberately leave them out. They, they uh, you know, they have a lot of the same challenges we do, and, right. and um, I think they have some some greater affordability challenges than we have. Um, For sure. But you know, they've it's got be one a, of our next interviews. Yes, they've got a, a campus. Uh, you know, a, a similar campus community. Um, right. relationship a lot of similar um, a lot of similarities um, and I think we can learn a lot from each other there as well right and their football teams rank right behind ours <laughs> which is you know, that's good we like that but you, <laughs> but, but you bring up a good point Do, have you established a good you probably had a good relationship with um, with the administration over at the university yeah and it's been great to um, kind of um, um, transition this relationship um, sure uh, but no I had um, I had a great um, had lunch with President Bodner and kind of talked about shared priorities. And um, I think there's so much opportunity because the city fundamentally is a service provider. Um, we, um, we, like I said, whether it's, whether it's wastewater or parks, um, we, we provide services to the public. Right. Um, and um, the university is in that business as well. Um, but I think there's opportunity to, to collaborate um, as service providers, um, different constituency, but, but opportunities to collaborate. Um, I also think the university is, is such a, 
a brain trust. Um, and there's opportunities for us to create internship pipelines or to create research opportunities. Um, or you know, we turn around and spend couple tens of thousands of dollars on a study or something. And, and sometimes that's important, um, but sometimes we could engage um, a, an academic program um, and um, uh, provide a learning opportunity and um, get a work product out of it as well. Sure. You could have a graduate uh, a group do it as, you know, for credit or whatever. One of the things that I think you really um, add to your capability in the position is that you were inside the city that's inside the city of Missoula, which is the University of Montana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a company town, right? If the, if that was a, the steel mill, you know, the, the policies of the city would be crafted around uh, some of their interests. And mm-hmm. you have a university, which is uh, arguably a lot better, and you were inside that, that apparatus. So you understand how it works and you understand where the resources are, you know, in collaboration. I mean, I'm sure there's, it's no uh, – um, you know, uh, it's not a coincidence that the city has electric, you know, powered buses, some of them. And, you know, you ha- you cr- you crafted that strategy for the university before the city mm-hmm. took it on. And there are other ways. I've, I've always felt there were, there were ways in which the city and the university could share resources more effectively. Yeah. And I think um, I think that it's um I think it's a great conversation to have. You know, the, the university is a, a large public sector employer, just like the city, and so there's some there's some similarities in in structure and and a lot of applicable lessons as I come right. from over there to um, right. To I mean, the, c- the city university has its own police force. Yeah. It has you know it has all of those other kinds of resources that you know you could share not you know not share necessarily but learn from. Sure, and, and, it, and yeah, we absolutely can. It actually also begs the question: in addition to the the university, what other large companies like the Cognizance of the world or the Washington Quarter have you, you know, started to firm up relationships there or kind of move those forward? I mean, yeah, you've only you know, been in the job for a month, but still, I've, I've been. Um, so um, the mayor serves on the board of the Missoula Economic Partnership, right? Um, and so um, have been getting immersed in um, in that world um, and um, uh, meeting a lot of the other. Uh, the, the major employers that are involved in that, um, sure. and um, I, and I've been um, kind of slowly reaching out as as I have time to um, to you know large private sector partners in the community. What, Mayor, what do you look? What do you see? Where do you see Missoula ten years from now? Well, I think um, the way we need to measure our success as a community is um, is whether or not our residents have their needs met, um, and so. Um, uh, are, are there are there physical needs met? Are there mental mental health needs met? Are there um, social needs met? Are there spiritual needs met? Are we are we as a community meeting the needs of our of our residents? And um, I think that the answer to that um, is is largely yes. And I think that it needs to become yes for um, for the segment of our of our population um, that we're not currently serving. Um, so I think I think the role of local government is, um, you know, we really can be a, a force, a, a good force, a transformative force um, in people's lives um, through um, the services that we that we provide um, for the residents we serve. So I think um, I think in ten years um, we're a community that people want to live in. We're a community where people have their needs met. Um, we're a community that is um, safe and resilient and innovative, um, and um, I think we're on a good path. Um, yeah, I, I I I agree with you. I think that that's where local government and local media and local local everything's local. So I think we've been distracted for so long, for at least for the last five six years, from everything happening on the political, the national stage, right? right? And it's kind of been a distraction. But really, everything does happen locally. Sure. One yeah. of, one of the 
permutations of that that I'm always interested in because I, I don't always see how it fits together smoothly is the city-county relationship. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in, in Missoula, you can step one step and you're outside of the city yeah. limits, but you don't know that, right? So how does that all work, you and the commissioners? Yeah, and- you know, the commissioners, and I, I've had a great relationship with the commissioners, and, and I think um, um, Commissioner Slotnick always likes to say that this is the golden age of local government. And I, <laughs> and I think um, I think he's right. That we, we have these collaboration, we have a collaborative relationship that's really productive. Um, and it, it's at the staff level and it's at the elected official level. Um, and um, we've got a lot of joint programs. You know, we're in the process of acquiring the federal building downtown right. as, as a joint that's entity. That's exciting. Um, and, um, and that's a great example of a, of a collaborative project. And b- the result of that collaboration is that, um, first of all, uh, 19, uh, 1900s, 1911, I think, through 1938, um, historic building is not going to get torn down. Um, and um, the second is that we will get an administrative facility for both city and county uh, that is cheaper than all of the other alternatives. So we'll move into this beautiful, um, it's a cool building. Yeah, this beautiful space, and it'll save the taxpayers money. Um, and it's because of this collaboration. Um, and um, and so I think there's, um, and you know, a lot of our programs around um, our Operation Shelter, our, our houselessness programs, are the same way. Right. Where it's a collaborative effort, and that collaboration um, is bearing fruit. Right. I mean, this is a big county. Missoula County is a big geographic county. I mean, the population on the outskirts may not, you know, match what's inside city limits. But you know, when you when you start entering Missoula County from the north, you're not anywhere close to downtown. Yeah. So uh, it's important, I think, to to keep that all in mind. It's a large, uh, what a large area. Quick, quick question with respect to folks that you've been speaking to: Has our governor? reached out to you to uh, uh, say hello and introduce himself. I uh, met the governor sort of um, sort of by chance that um, he was in town giving an award to uh, some of our city firefighters. Um, so got the opportunity to go over to Fire Station 1 and, and meet him when they received that award. Good. And, and will there be further conversations <laughs> with, with uh, Governor Gene Forty, who actually comes up here a lot? Yeah. I mean, he comes up to this, to our station a lot. Yeah. No, and I, and I extended the offer to get together anytime he's in town. And, and it's great. Um, I hope that's something that we can do. Absolutely. Right. As opposed to uh, the member of the Public Service Commission who wanted a brownout to be directed <laughs> in our in Missoula's direction. I know that had nothing to do with the politics of anything, but. You know, <laughs> But uh, that was a ridiculous thing to uh, By the way, to what talk ta- about. Right? What type of food do you like to cook? Because Arnie and I are—we always talk about food on Let's this talk show. About the important stuff now that we've got right. Yeah. Like, what's your specialty? Well, now that we're kind of going into this uh, this fall and winter, um, although it feels like summer still, um, um, I love to make uh, you know soups and stews and kind of warm weather, um, kind of every kind of cool weather um, fare. Um, I've. Uh, Got a smoker. I love to love to put meat on the smoker. Oh wow! Um, I love to do the kind of the kind of cooking that just uh, takes all day. Um, that uh, uh, yields a really good result. But kind of that project cooking where you spend where you spend the whole day in the kitchen and and end up with something really rewarding. I, at I the end love of the using day. my pellet grill. It, it, you know, yeah, your pellet grill. It, right. covers, it covers all my mistakes from any other kind of <laughs> cooking that I've done before that. So you mentioned that we we're having an elongated uh, Indian um, summer. You know, summer here. Yeah. I mean, it's still in the seventies, early low, low, you know, high sixties, low seventies. But eventually, it's going to be winter here again. Yeah. And then the biggest problem in the winter is street cleaning. Yes. So, is there anything new to report <laughs> to, to our to our listeners who always get exacerbated always because their the street doesn't get clean first? 
What's so, our What's our plan? So we um, it's been a couple of years now, but we bought some new uh, pickup mounted plows, um, and we um, we retooled our our snow plow route. Um, so our um, our snow plows go down um, the more. Um, uh, you know, they obviously do the arterials first, and then they then they move over to school bus routes and other high priority routes. Um, and um, but then simultaneously, we're sending out these smaller pickups that are that are uh, handling um, residential streets um, that can uh, oh, take, good. take care of driveways that are plowed in or things like that. Um, and so it's sort of. Um, uh, and we've also we've also changed the staffing hours a little bit so that we've got um, we've got um, a more efficient use of staff time. Um, and so I think you know we haven't had a we haven't had a huge um, snow season since uh, since those changes were made, but I do think they made a big difference. Great, it definitely makes a big difference. Our guest is Mayor Jordan Hess. He, this is his first time on What Do You Know? Back after this with our final words with Mayor Hess. Okay. Arnie, we are back with Mayor Jordan Hess. Mayor, so if uh, constituents want to reach you, how do they get a hold of you? So um, we have a clunky, long email addresses at the city, but I'm at mayor at ci.missoula.mt.us. Um, and uh, that's uh, probably the best way to reach me. Another opportunity is to come down to Wednesdays with the Mayor. Um, that's an event that we're putting on monthly. Um, it's down at the Missoula Public Library. Um, Which is a great facility. Fantastic. Beautiful. Beautiful. Beautiful People facility. haven't seen it. Yeah, it's a wonderful facility. On the fourth floor. Yep, and we're up on the fourth floor, so we've got a great view. Um, and uh, the next one, it's it's um, generally the fourth Wednesday of the month, but the next one is October 26th. It's from 6 to 7.30. Um, and that's an opportunity. It's it's really just kind of a, a an informal discussion. Um, it's moderated um, uh, by Dennis Bragg, and um, we're grateful for his help and support. Um, but it's... Um, it's an opportunity to come down and have an, an informal dialogue about um, issues of concern. Great. Is, is that broadcasted as well? We're not broadcasting. Dennis is at our sister station, KISS FM. We're right. not broadcasting it uh, over the radio, but uh, the MCT, the uh, local television, community television, Doug and his group tape it and stream it live. So we're going to figure out how to stream it through the KISS FM website as well. But yeah. Right. Then people could submit questions through social media that way, or they could come down to the library and ask questions. They will pass the migrant. It's actually a very good spirited conversation, and we want more people there. You know, we want people to take advantage of this opportunity to speak to local government. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we at the city of Missoula, we aim to be accessible, um, and so um, right. this is one forum um, where uh, we can where we can be accessible. But that's uh, you know we um, we want to be accessible to the residents that we serve, and and um, so I invite people to come on down. Last question: After a month on the job, mm-hmm. how would you describe your experience? I have found it to be fascinating. I am learning so much every day, and at the end of the day, I think. Man, I can't believe it's already the end of the day, and I have so much more I need or want to do. Um, uh, I just have found it to be incredibly um, interesting and um, and um, rewarding. Do you ever look in? You know, you're sitting in the office, and I know you had a very good, close relationship with Mayor Angan, and those are big shoes to fill. But do you ever like just sit in that office and, and think, like, I can't believe I'm here and I'm doing this, and uh, I never would have imagined it. Yeah, all the time. I, I mean, I it's never amazing. would have imagined it, and um, and I think the best I can do is um, do right by our community to the best of my ability. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad. I, I hope this is the first of many uh, sit downs with us. We enjoy talking to you. I know I, I can say that for you, Arnie, because I see the big smile on his face. Yes, and <laughs> I like talking to our mayor, and I like talking with uh, 
our new mayor, Mayor Jordan Hasht. I appreciate it. Thank you both. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. All right, Arnie, I will see you next week. See you next week, Scott. Take care. Thank you for listening to What Do You Know? I can't wait for the next show, Scott. I'm excited too, Arnie. If you'd like to suggest a guest, send me an email at scottrichman at townsquaremedia.com. We'll see you next week. And thanks for listening to News Talk KGVO. 